Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the Gospel reading of John, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a number of people that we talk about on a regular basis or who we've talked about more regularly in the last few weeks, who we'll also be talking about today. Adam and Eve are two of them. As our first parents, the first two people to ever walk this earth, they come up often. The next would be the disciples, and specifically Peter and Judas, we've seen highlighted recently. And the last one that comes up every week, not a week goes by without talking about this person, and this person isn't just a person, he's also God, and that's Jesus. And we're going to bring them up in the context of the last verse of our gospel reading. When Jesus says, In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This verse is from the ESV, and while we use it most often, sometimes I like the NIV wording better. And this is one of those instances, as the verse can also read, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This comes down to trouble versus tribulation. And I like trouble. Maybe it's because it's what I grew up hearing. And this is one of those things where we'll take a look at both of them and see what each of them mean just for the sake of knowing. The dictionary defines trouble as difficulty, annoyance, or harassment, unfortunate or distressing position, circumstance or occurrence, misfortune. I kind of like that term, unfortunate position. As in, you were put in an unfortunate position. The definition of tribulation is grievous trouble, severe trial or suffering. So a seriously unfortunate position. In this world, you will find yourself in a seriously unfortunate position. But take heart, I have overcome the world. What leads Jesus to say these things is that he knew that his time on earth is quickly coming to an end. And so in these last couple chapters of John, we see Jesus preparing the disciples for the time when he will no longer physically be with them. And he told them a number of things that were going to happen to make them ready for when all of this took place. One of those was that the Holy Spirit is going to come. He said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Jesus had come from heaven and was going to leave this world and return to heaven, ascend to heaven and return to his Father. And after he was gone, he was going to send the Holy Spirit who would guide the disciples, lead them in all truth, speak on Christ's behalf, be with them, bless them, and help them in all that was going to come. 
Jesus goes on to say, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. They were going to be in the unfortunate position of having their teacher, their rabbi, their leader, be arrested and put on trial. And this causes the disciples to scatter and flee. Jesus would be left alone to endure this by himself. But he was not alone because the Father was with him. And Jesus, when he leaves this earth, was going to make sure that the disciples knew that they were never alone because the Holy Spirit would be with them, just like the Father was with Jesus. He also says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. As the disciples are scattered and Jesus is left alone, he is ultimately nailed to a cross and killed. They would weep and mourn this loss, while the world, those who put Jesus to death, would rejoice because they have killed the blasphemer, the one who claimed to be God. However, the sorrow of the disciples would be turned into joy when on the third day, Jesus rises from the dead because he not only claimed to be God, he is God. And death has no hold on the perfect, sinless Son of God. He appeared to his disciples and showed them that even though he had died, he was alive, just as he told them was going to happen. But just because Jesus rose from the dead did not mean that the entire world would all of a sudden believe in Jesus. And in fact, the world would continue to hate Jesus. The world would continue to hate the followers of Jesus. And Jesus told them exactly that. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. Just know that it hated me before it hated you. And as a result of their hatred, Jesus tells them, they will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. The disciples would be kicked out of the fellowship of the Jews, no longer welcome into the synagogues, since their message of Jesus as the Son of God, risen from the dead, was not compatible with the Jewish leaders who were in charge of the synagogues. And not just that, but they would be persecuted by those Jews who thought that the persecution they were bringing to the Jesus followers was actually acceptable to God. And this is exactly how Paul felt when he was Saul before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He thought that he was doing God's work by persecuting the followers of Jesus. But he wasn't. The disciples we're going to go and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of his death and resurrection to the world. Many would hear the word of God and believe, but there were those who would not hear the word, 
who would reject the word, who would hate the word, who would hate Christ. And as a result, they would hate the disciples and bring trouble, tribulation upon them. Jesus knew this was going to happen, and he told his disciples that it would, so that when it did, they would remember his words. And his words to them ended with, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus gave the encouragement that whatever they faced in this life, trouble, tribulation, persecution, even death, they had no reason to worry, no reason to fear, because Christ had overcome everything in the world. Now, can we apply these verses to our lives, to ourselves? If so, maybe we can look at trouble from two different perspectives. The first would be similar to what the disciples experienced. The trouble, tribulation that came from the world because they are opposed to Christ and his followers. It is possible that one day we will face the kind of persecution those early Jesus followers faced. I mean, certainly there are already people that, experiencing that in our world, but it hasn't really reached us yet. Maybe it will. Maybe one day it will. The other side would be the kind of trouble that happens in the world that doesn't come directly from the world and doesn't come directly from those who are opposed to Christ. We could ask it like this. What kind of trouble have you gotten yourself into in the past? When did you find yourself in an unfortunate position or a seriously unfortunate position? I remember this time in grade one. We'd gotten a, a new playground, and it had some of those, you know, enclosed slides. And one day for recess, we were going out to the playground, and I like to be the first one down the slide. Well, the night before, it had rained. And in my excitement, I didn't think about that. And as I got down to the bottom of the slide, I was met with a nice puddle. My pants were completely soaked. Quite an unfortunate position. My mom had to bring me new clothes. Now, this probably isn't the kind of trouble that we want to focus on, though. But since we're on the topic of school, maybe you've brought trouble upon yourself in school. How many times were you ever sent to the principal's office in school? And do you remember it? Did you get caught cheating on a test? Did you get caught helping someone else cheat on a test? Did you plagiarize a paper that you wrote? Did you get into a fight because you were bullying someone? Were you doing things that were against school policy, like smoking or doing drugs, and they found out? Were you selling snacks and drinks out of your locker for a cheaper price than the vending machine, and someone ratted you out? In grade two, the story goes as I remember it, and my mom sometimes watches the service. She can correct me later if I'm wrong. But I remember after lunch one day, 
We were standing in the hallway getting ready to go back to the classroom, and I, I was telling my friend about a, a movie or a show that I had seen, and I was kind of reenacting that scene, which was a scene of somebody being choked. And I remember I, I wasn't actually touching my friend, but I was close to his neck. And I just remember the teacher grabbing me by the arm and throwing me into the hallway by the principal's office. I also remember that I sat there crying like a kid in grade two who had just gotten in trouble. And I've certainly done plenty of things worse than that, inside and outside of school. But I'll never forget that one. Why do we do things that bring trouble upon ourselves. This takes us back to Adam and Eve and to the disciples like Peter and Judas. The trouble they found, the unfortunate positions they found themselves in, they actually brought upon themselves. Adam and Eve were told not to eat the fruit from the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And they didn't listen to God. And as a result of their disobedience, they brought sin and death into the world. The reason that we have trouble and tribulation in the first place is because of Adam and Eve. The reason that we go through all kinds of bad things is because of that first sin of Adam and Eve. The world is tainted. Our bodies are tainted. And we're all born into sin. And we all do actual sins. And the reason why we will all one day physically die goes back to Adam and Eve. But it's more than that. Because what we deserve is not just physical death on this earth. What we deserve for our sins is eternal death. It's hell. It's damnation. It's forever being separated from God because of what we've done. This is the serious position that we find ourselves in because death is a serious condition that all of us are faced with. Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He found himself regretting that decision. But he couldn't take it back and ultimately he couldn't live with what he did. The trouble that he brought upon himself, the unfortunate position that he was in, was too much for him. And sadly, he ended his own life. Have you ever felt like your sin was too great to be forgiven? Have you ever felt like your sin was too much for you to bear? I think Judas did. And maybe Peter did as well. Peter denies Jesus three times to save himself from the trouble that may have come his way because he was connected to Jesus. Jesus who was on trial for claiming to be God. But in saving himself, Peter becomes a liar and a betrayer of Christ. Afterwards, he finds himself on the outside, maybe not even treated as a disciple, returns to fishing for fish, all for the fear of being persecuted like Jesus. But he was the one who denied, and he had a hard time dealing with it. In the end, Peter and Judas are at opposite ends. 
because Peter is restored by Christ, forgiven by him. Judas never received that restoration. What about you? As you think and look at your own life, what do you see? What do you see staring back at you in the mirror? What decisions, choices, indulgences have you gotten yourself into that have only caused trouble and tribulation for you, placed you in an unfortunate position because these decisions, choices, indulgences were sinful? When I think about all of the trouble that I've gotten to in my life, that I've brought about myself and on myself, physical, emotional, spiritual trouble. Then I read a verse from Revelation 21 that we heard today, which says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. I hear these words and I think about all of the trouble that I've gotten myself into, and I say, I am not clean. I am unclean. And my actions are detestable. How can I ever get into heaven? And the answer is, I can't. There's nothing that I can do to get to heaven. My actions will never allow me to enter into paradise. Because as Paul says in Romans, for I know that nothing good dwells me in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. There is nothing good that lives in me, only sin and death. That's what I bring to the table. That's what we all bring. There's only one solution. And ultimately, we have to go back to Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble. I've had plenty of trouble in my life. I've placed myself in many unfortunate positions because of my sin. All of my own doing. No one else is responsible but me. And so Christ came along to bear that responsibility for me. On my behalf. To bear my punishment to bear my sin, to bear my suffering, to bear my death, to take my hell. He was the only one who could, and it was the only way to save me, to save you, to bring us redemption, to bring us reconciliation, to bring us back to God. He brought us back and he bought us back with his own precious life, with his own blood that he shed for us because he loves us. That's how we receive forgiveness. That's how we receive eternal life. And this is how we overcome through Christ's overcoming death for us by his resurrection. And even in his resurrection, in this world, we will have trouble. In the end, the trouble that I bring upon myself, the trouble that you bring upon yourself, or the trouble that 
the world brings upon me, brings upon you. We don't have to fear or worry. We don't have to be concerned about the trouble or the tribulation or the persecution or even death because Christ has overcome everything in the world. He has overcome sin, death, and the devil because he sent his Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth, to give us the gift of faith to believe in him. And we too will overcome. And we will find our names written in the Lamb's book of life. Written not with ink, but written with the Lamb's precious blood. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding are your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.